0: John
1: John. We'll should do a the, the podcast
0: together
1: and honestly I'm excited. G'day, dorks, and welcome into Lords of Dorktown, a podcast all about anime, cartoons, and video games. I'm your host, Philip, and the dorks joining me tonight go by many names. Some people call them weebs, others call them professors. They are self uh, self confessed linguisti noobs. It is Ethan and Ricky from the Weebology Podcast. How are you, boys?
0: Well, well, well. What is cracking, folks?
2: Looks who's back again. And yes, we don't know how to say words well. We are linguisti noobs. Thank you for calling us out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey boys, can I hit you with a bit of a question? Always. Hit me. Got right a bit of an inkling. This is gonna be one of those questions. Radio. So I've, I've asked this question a few times when we've had uh, when I've had American guests on, but uh, this is the golden mile question. So I'm just gonna paint you a little bit of a word picture. So come on a journey with me. Oh, let's go. Okay, I'm not, so pictures right. my eyes. <laughs> Close your eyes. That's good. So it's Friday afternoon. You've worked a full week of work, nine to five, just absolutely killing it out on that grind. You've been really healthy all week. You know, you haven't snacked much. You've been eating good lunches at work. You've been taking care of your body. You maybe went for a run earlier today. You're feeling good, you know, Mm -hmm. and you figure, you know what? It's Friday afternoon. You're going to treat yourself, and before you is a golden mile of fast food franchises. Anything you could ever want is on this golden mile. It's available for drive through. You can pick it up straight on your way home. It's a one minute drive to home, so you know it's still going to be hot when you get home, so you don't have to worry about eating in the car. Oh, my God. It's the perfect situation. You've got $20 in your pocket, and you need to spend it. You deserve this. What are you going to get, guys? What's your golden mile meal? Holy shit.
0: Uh, well, if I only have twenty dollars in my pocket, this is going to be tough. And also, <laughs> something's gone drastically wrong. For That's me. what you locked onto. You locked onto <laughs> um, the money you have in your pocket. Well, I'm just saying, if if I'm limited to a certain amount, I of course max out the twenty dollars. Like, wh- what am I? A, of course, a conjurer. You not, you've of cheap got fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Oh, you right, have fifty now. now. Oh,
2: yeah, you have an unlimited
1: budget for fast food. It,
0: it has to be fast food. Yes. So, uh, can I, I go to multiple well, no places. any restaurant you want is on this golden mile oh this is your dream golden mile oh. okay what i was thinking you were saying is there's fast food restaurants everywhere and we have to pick like certain no. items from each place that we can make into a perfect meal for 20 i, bucks. I already did it i already if that's what yeah. if that's what the golden mile is for you that's what the yeah. golden mile is i okay, know
2: what i, I hear you I, I know what i would do because first thing first hit, up hit appetizer cheesy gordita crunch from taco bell I'd get two of those. Not bad. In my opinion, one of the best fast food items to ever grace humanity. It's my favorite. As for a main course, we have something around the Southeast America called Cookout. And they are trays of just calorie-dense bullshit food for an unbelievably cheap price. And I would get my particular tray, a couple corn dogs, some wraps, and some chicken quesadillas i know i just went mexican but screw it i'm going back for more mexican and i would finish off Fuck yeah. i would finish off with a another place called zaxby's have a large wings and things with hot honey mustard wings and then i would sleep so dense so easy
0: so there's a few mistakes i found in your uh your meal i'm sorry there. i'm sorry are you gonna critique you did my- not get a milkshake at your cookout
2: Oh, I, I I no longer get cook. I don't no longer get cookout milkshake. What the fuck is wrong with I've you? I've had every cookout milkshake flavor. I've had them all, and they're bad now. All no, of a sudden? no, I've just run the whole thing. I'm done. I'm just done with them okay, now. they're I'm amazing. graduated Just so graduated.
0: everyone in Australia knows, cookout milkshakes are like are godlike. Do okay. they know that? No, I'm I'm letting them know.
2: Oh, they are god. Oh, no, I'm not saying they win. They're. And they're then godlike. I also
0: know you did not mention Chick Fil A at all, which is crazy to me. Uh, I prefer Zaxby's. That's so wild. I prefer Zaxby's. I'm saying, fo- I'm saying it first, right now,
2: folks. I, I love Chick Fil A, but I prefer Zaxby's. Maybe I burned myself out uh, at Chick Fil A. I don't know.
0: Huh? What about yourself? Yeah, I don't want to like spend all the time here because I could probably talk for the next hour about food I would get. <laughs> oh, you're going to um, get him started, Philip. I don't.
1: I don't even care if we do that. That's <laughs> so fine with I me. I do kind
0: of want to tell you guys a story. So I had I was hey on a work trip uh, in. Up in New York, okay, and we had we had a fifty dollar per day like meal per diem, yeah. And I hadn't eaten any meals all day, and we got like a free meal for whatever reason, yeah. So me and my coworker we went to uh, Cheesecake Factory and got fifty dollars worth of fucking cheesecakes Ooh. <laughs> each. So each? we had a hundred dollars of cheesecakes. Oh my god, like, the best cheesecake you can get, I think, like as far as like a chain goes. So it's in the name so it's certainly on the list for me like one of those just I think it's called like chocolate go fuck yourself or something it's like <laughs> chocolate die die for me <laughs> yeah. um but I would probably get one of those I would probably get like some ridiculous ice cream chocolate thing and then maybe like a chick-fil-a sandwich and some nuggets so something the the folks at Dorktown gotta
2: know Ethan does have a propensity for really like big desserts when we used to do ball out meals together, which was know, so fun. And we need were, to do that. We again. need to do that again. We'd go ball out. And this back when we had our first like real people jobs and we we're just like, what is this shit in my wallet now? Do they call it money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and we would go like do like ball out meals. And every single time Ethan would include, I remember when we were at like, like Texas long, like Longhorn Steakhouse, Longhorn Steakhouse right. and you got like the fucking Choco Thunderdome or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just this monstrous bucket. Clap of my just, cheeks chocolate. Yeah, clap my cheeks chocolate, daddy. And it was – uh, yeah, it was a monstrous dessert. And that's why I learned you have a propensity for desserts. And I th- the only other thing I would throw in, an In-N-Out burger. Not because they're probably God's gift to the earth or anything. Uh, it's just so rare for us on the East
0: Coast. I right? honestly – like once again, I don't want to go into food too much, but I think In and Out is extremely overrated, and it is. I know a lot of people in California, and they're like In and Out, but it,
2: we don't, we just don't get to have it. It's my Golden Mile, and, right. in my, and on my Golden Mile in the southeast of America, we we somehow have one. Okay, so, fair. Yeah, that. So I think that's my that's my that's our breakdown. of <laughs> the best, uh, our our our, uh, I would say the best cheat meal we can think of, honestly.
1: Yeah, just dessert. That's fantastic. I haven't. I haven't taken like I've asked this golden mile question a few times and I haven't I haven't really thought of the idea well I have thought of the idea a lot in my personal <laughs> life, but I haven't done it with this specific question of building the perfect meal. Um, so that actually might change because my, the listeners of Dorktown will know my regular answer is a zinger box from KFC, swap out the potato engraver for a bread roll, regular size with a Mountain Dew. And that's, that's what daddy needs. So that's what daddy gets. But the (laughs) idea of switching out meals, right? Right. I I really like it. Yeah. You gave us a budget and a golden mile. I'm still going to, so I'm still going to, I'm still going to go with the zinger box because that's again, that's what daddy needs. That's what daddy gets. And daddy's going to get it. I get it. Yeah. But I'm gonna add in, and like Australia doesn't have all these fancy chains that you guys are in and out burger. We've just got Macca's and Hungry Jacks, which is our burger. Right, 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 right. So <laughs> I'm just gonna go, yeah, Zinger Box, and I'll I'll swing through Macca's drive through, get a Big Mac and a Sunday Oreo Sunday.
0: And yeah, I think. But would Daddy you go would you get down at home? And would you get like the the Shogun burger or whatever the fuck when they do those like weird featured uh, McDonald's burgers with like black buns and?
2: Oh, the black buns at Hungry Jacks. I don't know if Hung- we yeah. don't.
1: Uh, or, the craziest burger I think we've seen it uh, like the Macca's Australia has done is like. We do like the Mick Oz, which is just a Maccas burger with a beetroot on it, which is like <laughs> everyone just goes fucking nuts for that. <laughs> okay, okay, um, yeah. We don't. They're currently doing the Grand Mac here in Australia. Oh, you guys uh, got I the bought Grand, a Grand Mac, Mac the yeah. other day, and it's just it's just a Big Mac that's the size of what Big Macs used to be ten years ago. Yeah, right. You know, it's right. just a, it's a bigger Big Mac. I'm I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't call it the Biggest Mac, <laughs> which yeah, I feels like a uh, floor in their marketing there but yeah the grand mac it's it's fine i would have but yeah kfc is where it's at yeah. in australia i
0: would have called it the mega mac but to each their own i guess i don't know i had some chicken some chicken restaurant there when i went to the tula marine uh airport in uh, melbourne melbourne sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Say it right. Tullamarine <laughs> like Airport. Yep. Uh, I, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like it wasn't Hungry Jack and it wasn't Mackers, so and it wasn't KFC it wasn't KFC. Did you did you eat at did you eat at the Australian
1: icon restaurant Red Rooster? That's exactly right. Oh, ho, ho. fuck yeah. <laughs> Red Rooster is a failing chain in Australia <laughs> that decided when they looked at the when they looked at the the franchises that are currently big in Australia, they thought everyone's doing fried chicken. You know what we'll do. Oven roasted chicken. Yeah, what the fuck? roast chook. Well, what I did. You can get something there that's called a rooster roll. And a rooster roll is a <laughs> long sub-like roll that has the consistency and density of like a bread roll, uh, like a dinner roll from KFC. And they've just got pulled chicken meat on with gravy and then they steam it. And it is so soft and so chewy. It is like I work in like my job in the real life is I cook. Uh, I'm a chef for a residential aged care facility so I cook for old people. So I'm used to cooking soft and mushy food. Like but <laughs> right. the Rooster Roll from Red Rooster is the single softest and most delicate sandwich in the world. <laughs> it is fantastic. But yeah, Red Rooster is failing. Oh, <laughs> it, is, no. it is a dying franchise. I had like the
0: chicken poppers or whatever. Ooh. It was just basically like little nuggies. Oh. Little nuggies. But like a like a <laughs> chicken nuggies. fries box version of them. <laughs> if you've ever had the mm. the Hungry Jack uh, chicken fries, I don't even know if they have do they have chicken fries down in Australia. Do they? They're Hungry Jacks like they got chicken
2: fries down there.
1: Um, I ameri- think yeah, you can get them from your local. You can definitely get like uh, chicken chippies, which is what we call them from like your local mum and pop seafood shop on the corner. Like you could go get a fish chips. No, a potato, no, no, this is, this is and Burger you know, box of chicken chippies. Yeah, these are. No, I de- oh, maybe at Hungry Jack's, maybe did chicken chippies, but yeah, I can't. They are uh, from my recollection. From my recollection, I can't ever remember some chicken chippies. They are
2: literally, basically, think chicken nuggets in the shape of fries. It's an <laughs> affront to nature. It's an affront to God and all of all th- all things good, but man, I could crush them chicken fries. One hundred percent. Oh, they're so they're, addictive. They're,
0: they're definitely inferior to the normal chicken nuggets they offer. Right. But they're in like such a cylindrical, like easy to chomp state that you have to yomp them.
2: Yeah, you got to chomp and yomp them easily.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But getting getting off food for a minute cuz <laughs> this podcast is supposed to be about anime but it very rarely is. <laughs> um we are here. I have brought the Weebology professors here to Dorktown Studios to talk about honestly one of my favorite isekais that has ever come out. And yes, I'm calling it an isekai. Yeah, come on right. anyone who thinks differently. Oh, I get blasted so hard um, for being calling it an isekai. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We are, of course, talking about Doctor Stone, season one and season two. So, Ethan and Ricky, what was your first experience with Doctor Stone?
0: Well, Doctor Stone was my favorite show of 2019, and yeah. I think it was like my second by a favorite. lot. Yeah. Let's just
2: say that. So, it's funny you say first experience with it because I truly think the season one is exemplary. It's brilliant and. Um. Yeah. The opinion wavers a bit with season two, which we can get into. It's not. I don't know if it's worse. It's just different. It's right. just a different direction. And in the grand scheme of things, I don't think I'm gonna hate it. Um. And I don't hate it now. I don't think I'm gonna hate the direction they took, given the the setup that they had. But I gotta say, that's season one. Chef's kiss. Hundred percent. Work of art.
1: My God. Yeah. That season. Season one is is. Frigging amazing, and when you look at the season one to season two comparison, like season one had so many just big memorable moments, like you had the whole the the whole storyline with um Senku getting his neck broken and then restoring it, you know because there was a bit of you right. know the yeah. um petrification still left on him, like all oh, that was incredible, just the initial concept of it like the the first episode where we see you know what kind of plunges this world into the stone age again like. Everything in season one is so, so crisp and so well done in a from a storytelling point of view that I feel like season two was always going to be a little kind of trying to replicate the the heights of season one, and they, they've clearly decided to go in a slightly different direction with pacing and storytelling in season two. Not, I wouldn't say to the best of you know it hasn't. Season two definitely didn't live up to what season one was, but it didn't disappoint. If that makes sense,
2: yeah. Because I, I think what people need to know is that Doctor Stone is first and foremost, at least it's a, an initial setup and follow through in season one, a show about science at the forefront, and people may, uh, like, listening may have watched it and been like, "This definitely feels like a shonen, right? Like this feels like almost like a battley shonen kind of thing, but." It lacks a lot of the same action scenes you'd get in the Shonen. And I said it before, you don't really need a lot of action in a show about science because they somehow made science the action. Right. And it's, so, it's, it's literally such an accurate portrayal of said science that not only can you learn from this show, they have to put a disclaimer at the end of the show like, this is actually the recipe for gunpowder. Don't try to make this and blow your fingers off because that's what might happen. So they have a disclaimer. Like, which of
0: course we're going to do because of course.
2: Uh, we're Americans. So, you I, know, I, f- I feel a propensity and drawn to gunpowder. Can't you
0: guys
1: like buy bullets at the servo and stuff like that? Uh,
0: um, definitely not like that. Well, like, you can buy them not, pretty easily. You're not
2: far off, but it's not that easy, but there are places uh-huh. in our region that, you know, you can
1: probably go in and buy some bullets pretty easily. Yeah, like, not
0: from a freaking service station. Come on. Uh,
1: That's
0: an absolute crackhead thing to say. I, I know. Well, uh, well well, that's what I'm saying. There's some rural
2: parts around us that I, I would be. I'd be maybe if there's a
0: adjoining general store, then yeah. Which of already, which already, just <laughs> is saying like yeah, it's strapped on to a gas station yeah, yeah. for sure.
2: So, but yeah. So to that end, the science is so meticulously crafted, but also like utilized in a way that feels fun. That if you don't give a shit about science, you're gonna kind of want to because this show kind of makes you want to give a shit about this. Like maybe high Q, maybe give a shit about volleyball right a- so.
0: and i think the really the the magic bullet for me on season one really wasn't the science even though of course i love the science and you know i'm a big nerd hard on for that shit mm-hmm. but it was it was uh, i'm sorry sorry i had to pre- we're, we're on dork town so you're a big dork sorry, sorry just, dork just, for just so we can stay on brand <laughs> sorry sorry thank you thank you how dare you is, <laughs> is dork not like even worse than a nerd like i'm confused there's no hierarchy. Or are they like similar. It's more of a branding thing. I I feel
1: like they're interchangeable. I just want to stay on okay, brand Okay, fair yet. enough. Like, hey, so just, since
0: you know, I'm the huge nerd out? dork, nerd dork, <laughs> 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 uh, no, but nor. Yeah, <laughs> what I think is like so special about this show is if if you are willing to think a little deeper about it is. Sinku's whole thing here is saying all of these scientific advances of humanity up through the ages has allowed for us to be in a situation where we can still, we can, like, enjoy music. We can enjoy, like, frivolity and leisure, right? Because that was, like, the big difference between, like, a survival society and one where, like, so much, like, advancement has happened, that you're not afraid of getting eaten by lions on the, on the planes anymore. You know, we're in skyscrapers. We're making, you know, podcasts in our living rooms, like a bunch of dorks. Um, <laughs> there you go. See, Thank yeah. you see? Um, but uh, but welcome. that's like the, the, I think thinly veiled kind of like true point of season one. That was to me, like that final episode or the final couple episodes where you finally hear, like you hear the, the record, And you get to see all the, like, stone people, like, the people from Ishigami Village, like, basically cry because they hear this girl singing, like, this, of course, top-of-the-line singer. But it's, like, a shitty recording, and it's still, like, so beautiful to them.
2: Right, yeah. And I don't know. For me, it it, it, it was almost just even the smaller moments to that end, right, when that moment when Senku was making a cotton candy machine right. for a more long-term useful end of weaving gold fiber but which wild by the way incredible but he did that dual purpose of science was not only to further advance the overall goal of getting us back to a modern age they were he was buying the loyalty of the Ishigami village folk through sheer kindness and like this is what science can be it's not all about hard work and just getting us to like be more powerful and defy nature and just stand atop it and able to fully access like our own capabilities but enjoy some
0: fucking cotton candy this is what the future can hold for you right big and small so well, i love specifically that he makes he makes sinku cola and gets Gen's, like, undying allegiance just because he gave him, like, essentially Coca-Cola, right?
2: Yeah, so science to Senku is used to better lives. Like, it's truly to the benefit. And he, while sometimes he's kind of an... It's
1: to the benefit of himself, though. Like, like you, he he's using all these science to benefit the villagers because he ultimately knows that he can't win the upcoming battle without the villagers, so... Like Senku is not an altruistic person, like he's not doing this to benefit society. He's doing this to get society to the point where contrary was previously s- yeah, so he can get to the he can achieve his lifetime goal, which was to you know get to space, so he's trying to advance civilization as quickly as possible, and he's using the old carrot on a stick method like he's like. Oh, yeah, like, science is good. Like, it can give you cotton candy, but it can also forge these weapons that we can use to win. Well, hold on a second. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of, but also, here's here's the counterpoint. You say the carrot and the stick model.
2: Where's Senku's stick? He, in the second season, he wants to have a bloodless siege. He wants no casualties, no injuries. He, like, where is he ever doing, performing, growing science in anything but, like, neutral at the very least, altruistically at best. He's never maliciously using science against anyone in a, in a harmful way, no, truly th- harmful th- way, right?
1: I th- I think he's, he's a scientist first, and I think he realizes that spilling blood or killing people would just limit his available resources. Like, I don't think he's concerned about human life. I think he's more concerned about the sheer aspect that, the more people that, like, if people were to die during that Stone Wars conflict, then he would come out with less resources, so to speak, like I less manpower to work the work his science. You know what I mean? I definitely
0: agree with you that that is a piece of the puzzle, but I think it's, sure, yeah. I think it's more like him playing this role. He's trying to play this role where he's like the 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 battlefield commander, like you know, pulling the strings on all these people to make them do what he wants. But he he does genuinely want what's best for all these people, and I think it's very clear when you see like the stuff he makes for them, like he made all these little huts, heaters, so that the old people don't die when he leaves. You know, he was making yeah yeah he was yeah, making God, big yeah. like big ass fucking tanks and stuff, so that he could bring all the old people with him. Like he he just I think he he genuinely is uh like a surprisingly, and I actually this is something that I do want to talk about a little bit later, but. I think he has, like, a surprisingly in-tune to humanity and, like, to emotions. Like, he he's not dumb, like, even within, like, social interaction. It seems like, like, he should be because he's, like, such a, like, Rain Man-esque person. Yeah. But, but like, I don't think, I truly don't believe that he's ever, like, genuinely thinking of these people as resources, but I think it's an easier role to play than to be like the the sympathetic king, if that makes sense. And one thing I wanted to bring up... Yeah, okay, yeah, that that does make sense. To
2: that that end, I want to pose this example to you, Philip, where, think of the Christmas episode. He already had the undying love of basically everyone in the village. Right. And then he goes about not only teaching them about Christmas, because they never really had that concept in Ishigami village in the stone world, but he also makes a fucking electric Christmas tree (laughs) and they marvel at it. To what end was that winning them over? He already had the undying love of the village. So he, that was purely to spread joy. Like there was no altruistic aspect. There was no, Oh, I'm going to do this to keep them on my side. He already had that in troves. So that was the moment for me. Maybe where any, any, mentality i had like because i think at one point in the show i was in your camp philip like oh he's a scientist he's a man who knows that you know at any point if he uses his science in a way maliciously that would draw blood hurt people and oh my god the all the love he built up with this village is all going to go away because like wow science is dangerous i don't want any part of it but that moment right there that was purely to spread joy with no other gain so i to me i'm like okay that's when i started to agree more like he really is in tune with what makes hum- humanity happy. Wonder, right, joy. But pig- right?
0: piggybacking off that, when, yeah. when he was talking to them, you know, he's watching them cry over hearing the girls sing on the record, he was like, guys, like, if you follow me, we can bring back, like, this joy. Yes. Like, to where you yeah. can play video games, you can read manga, like, you can do all these things that are so much fun. But, like, you know, I just need you to buy in and, like, trust me. So, like, I, I know. I." I do agree with you, of course. Like he does, view them as resources in some respects, but he also does like he he clearly has a connection with these people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that and and that all makes sense to me. Like, I think I think I might have bought into a bit of his outward persona a bit more, like <laughs> I don't blame he, you. he clearly is trying to. Yeah, I don't blame you there. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> He's... yeah, but like. I, I find I find Senku such an interesting tag to follow in a series because he doesn't fit into any of the other kind of shown-any type categories that exist in it like existing mangas. Like he's he's not he's not, you know, dumb and foolhardy. He doesn't eat a lot, you know, he he's not fitting into these archetypes that we're so used to. And that's for me why why Doctor Stone as a series just stands out too much. It it breaks the mould in such an interesting way where it's basically edutainment like it is it is educating its audience on these principles of science and stuff like that and it has a protagonist that is is breaking the mold of what we're expecting and there there are you know obviously shown in pitfalls in in this series like every female character is the most horny design you could possibly imagine like it's 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 insane yes um yes It's unusual. But that being said, like it stands out so much from the other animes in its, in its, you know, in its category. And it's something so different yet familiar. And I, I find it just so engaging and so kind of warming to watch if That makes sense. Like it, it it feels like snuggling into like a warm blanket when you sit down to watch more Dr. Stone, like it's so comforting and so, Reassuringly positive in so many ways, and it, it's it's fantastic across the board. Yeah,
2: and it's funny. I I want to f- kind of figure out what about that warm blanket feeling in 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 starch terms, because you're right. There's something very wholesome about this show at the end of the day, but I don't think it's just because of that. You know, uh, Senku doing things for the joy of others, or it's not just like capturing wonder and nostalgia. But also this kind of interesting back and forth and dichotomy between Senku is reaching for things we take for granted, yeah, and then this arduous process to get there, his blood, sweat, and tears gives them things like gunpowder, gold.
0: Well, I think yeah. I think it should make him like us all really proud of humanity. Yes, that's I mean, it. Like, like, like of course we've made some really fuck shit in the past. Of of course, but yeah, like all of these things that have been you know invented designed whatever like they led to where we are now and like when you when you have to go back to to literally zero which senku does when he starts like it's so like i guess it fills me with like a lot of pride of like wow like humanity has done a lot of like really interesting shit and like of course it, you know senku is full simply just a vehicle to show you like how all this stuff happens. Right. And like of course it makes it more simple. Like a lot of their metal work and metallurgy, which I think is really what the world has been built on, frankly. Yeah. Um like they didn't do any refining to make sure this stuff was like high quality, like metal and stuff like that. They just but, they just but they got don't there. need it necessarily, yeah, right, I guess, right. for some of the things they're doing. But once it gets a little more complicated, I'm really interested to see how they're gonna like deal with like, circuit boards and shit like that that require, like, specific elements and, like, specific purities. And levels of
2: precision that they are so far from. And to the point you just said, where watching him do all these things gives you a point of pride for humanity. Funneling all of that through the single nexus point that is Senku, that's totally why I think he's endearing. Not just because he's doing things for the betterment of humanity, but he's channeling all that we've achieved Through his brain space he's kooky too and he's kooky right (laughs) he's act and he's having fun with it right he's not just doing things just to be like all serious like i will bring you joy like no he is joyful just that like he he's embodying not just humanity's progress up to where they were but their enjoyment of growth through it like he's exhilarated through this as we all are to progress right so man i I that warm blanket feeling yet yeah, you you didn't get me thinking about it till just now, but there are a lot there's a lot here that you know represents humanity's growth as a whole, and it you can't help but feel warm can't help but feel warm and fuzzies either right.
1: yeah, and also just the idea of like um the idea of being able to start humanity off from a clean slate, but with the knowledge of the past, you know what I mean yes, like yeah this idealistic way senku looks at where society was where we don't see the negative aspects of the you know modern day society through Sanku's eyes because he's only focusing on the positive attributes of everything so it's really this this pure kind of idealistic view of what the modern modern society is and will be and can be through only Picking the good aspects of you know society to bring into this stone world, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Why we, well, we get like- to see Senku cherry pick everything that needs to be, everything that would build a strong, good society, and leave all the negative in the in the past. You know, leave
0: that petrified nonsense behind us. So I actually am going to to rebuttal you just a tiny bit because I don't think he gives a flying fuck about any of that stuff but he has no problem bringing these people back. Like, his entire goal is bringing back the science, rebuilding the world. He, I mean, because, like, think about it. Sukasa's goal is only bringing back people that he thinks will create this new world order. Like, basically, get rid of all the nonsense you're talking about, like the war, the, the hate, the strife, the whatever. But... That, Senku wants it all. S- Senku wants all the people back. He doesn't give a shit about any of this, like like, idealism, like, let's make a better world. No, no, no. He wants to make the, you know, advanced science. He wants to make it back. Like, yeah. I, I almost feel like he has no care whatsoever about, like, any of the political bullshit. And, frankly, th- those are those are interactions that are never going to be fixed no matter what happens. Those are just, like, everyone's a flawed person and interacting with flawed people creates flawed reactions. But, like, he does mention specifically with Dynamite, remember? He says dynamite enabled us to mine and create all these amazing things as a result, but they also used it for bombs. He goes right. like like anything that science makes can be used for good or bad that has nothing to do with me. It has nothing mm. to do with science. Like right. it's
2: not science's fault, it's humanity's application. Which I
0: loved that shit.
2: And I think I think it's almost if you want to really dive into Senku's mentality of society, because I want to get into Sukasa here in a second, I think. As a man who trusts humanity's potential of change and growth, I think where his head's at is if we get the world back to nominal like it was before, maybe I can trust in humanity's progress and growth to overcome those problems. But we would never have known unless we get it back to where we were, right, with the war and the politics and all that bullshit. Like you said, he just doesn't care. That's not his angle. He wants the science back. Well, it – yeah.
1: It seems It seems to me that, like, uh, especially with he, when he talks about getting 7 billion people working together to form a solution, you know what I mean? Like, it seems to me that Senku's thinking might be that because they've been thrust into the stone world, he's going to need, you know, every person in the planet ready and going to work together to rebuild society as it was. So maybe, maybe he's not so much idealistic but assuming that well the situation that humanity is currently facing it feels like they would be forced to work together so maybe maybe Senku's you know ideal future where the society is back to normal is only achieved through you know seven people 7 billion people putting aside what differences they had before the petrification to you know unite and rebuild what they had yeah
0: it's certainly I, a potential right. that he's thinking that what i w- like the way i interpret that is like anyone can create like the next big thing. Like, like just for an example, Jack Ma, the, the original guy who created Alibaba, which is one of the largest companies in the world, him and like five school teachers came up with the idea. You wouldn't expect five school teachers in China to come up with the idea of like a multi-billion dollar, like manufacturing commerce company. Like that just doesn't make sense. Right. right.
2: And there's a, and there's, plenty you know a handful of famous stories and of you, need you know creativity too yeah right And you think apple facebook you know say what you will about the companies as they are now all starting in garages and shit right it's right. like famous garages of two guys tinkering around with an idea so to that end i totally understand what you're saying and i guess if we're talking about world philosophies i wanted to ask you phil what your thoughts were about sukasa
1: as an antagonistic force against senku Right? Okay, so I I have a few issues. Number one being that he named himself number one primate high schooler. That's fucking wild. <laughs> like what a wild title to give yourself. What a absolute insane thing to <laughs> request to be called. Or even request. if even if that's title is thrust upon you. If your title in high school was number one primate high schooler, like I, I don't know what kind of sociopath that would make you, but you were definitely on some sort of spectrum, um,
0: <laughs> right. he should have named himself that out, uh, Overlord Oscar. <laughs>
2: if, first, yeah, just Overlord <laughs> in general. <laughs>
1: call, call back um, to an episode on our. That show. being <laughs> said, yeah, that that's like such a weird. So if you've listened to <laughs> to get that joke, yeah. <laughs> It's the most psychotic There's thing. There's three people in the world that got that joke, and one of them didn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, <hey. laughs> oh my god! You yeah, keep if, you it, if you for want the want it, if you want, if
2: halfway plug, if you want to get that joke, come over and listen to the the Webology episode about Tokyo Avengers, where Philip was our guest professor. It was a rousing good time, <laughs> but that fucking Oscar joke.
1: And just just for. <laughs> Just for continuity's sake, we recorded that episode just before and I had only had a few beers and we're recording this one just after, and I've had many beers. <laughs> uh, had so it's gonna be So fun. many beers. Um, <laughs> um yeah, so I number one primate high schooler. I when he was introduced and he kinda gets, you know, he's the third one to get de petrified. I was kind of like, okay, you know. This guy's definitely a, a different breed, you know. Maybe he's like I obviously knew he was going to be the antagonist because right. he's he just built a antagonist energy. Yeah, um, I <laughs> I like him. I found him much more engaging in the first season, and in the second season, he was kind of nothing. I found I felt like um, a lot of what was making him so terrifying in the first season was stripped away when he was just kind of this leader kind of sitting on a throne, not really engaging much with, with the world around him. Um, that being said, his turnaround by the end of season two, where him and Senku team up to fight old mate spear dude mm-hmm. was, was fantastic. Like that, that, that paid off Uh, so many, that like paid off in dividends. Like everything that happened in that scene and in that episode was was so rewarding to watch that it made his kind of what I would say lackluster, you know, development in season two yeah. worthwhile just to get that payoff. I, so I think in the end I'm um a big fan of him. I still think the name number one primate high schooler is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It is a little psychotic, uh, but yeah, he's he's fantastic. What a what a great antagonist to have in a series like this. And I,
2: I you're I agree with you 100, percent especially about the season one stuff because. When you introduce just looking at him, you know they just put a might-is-right character in a stone world. Come on. Damn,
0: this motherfucker can punch lions, Yes, he can
2: literally stop (laughs) lions in their tracks and suplex their ass.
1: Now, he can can swing a spear in the ocean and create a whirlpool. Like, what the
2: fuck? Exactly. So, of course, at first, you kind of thought, like, oh, he's going to be an antagonist. Might is right. You know, I'm just going to have this war bearing society. But what happens when you have a might is right character, when quote unquote, the right is actually a philosophy that while X, like the, the intensity and the vivacity of it is a bit extreme. The core idea of what his philosophy is, isn't completely out of whack, right? It's the individuals that created a world of just pain and suffering for a lot of people that are now all petrified. I have the might now to enact what I think is a society that would benefit all who are awake and those who aren't would never know it. They're gone now. It doesn't
0: matter. And and I thought you had like a really special kind of, revelation near the end of season two where i would like call him maybe like a fallen king or tainted king where you you find out that he's the one that is solely making these decisions because he's realized that somebody has to make the decisions of like you know basically really strict uh restricted resources for like creating a like returning a world back to normal at uh, least, is this is the bullshit thing that he gave them, or uh, reason he gave them? But right. like like taking on the, I guess the pain and the in the self torture that would happen from like destroying all these people's lives and killing all these people, um, as a sort of like a mechanism to keep your you know group alive. Like I think that takes like, it takes a lot of, I don't know, like personal strength. Even though, like, of course, it's like a dickhead thing to do. But I think, you know, he might just be, of course, misguided. Right there. Right. Misguided.
2: Because here's the thing, right? Is that one line, that one interaction he has with Senku at the end of Season 2, where Senku asked, do you remember the ones you smashed? Yeah. And he said every single one. Right. And he said it in a way that you hadn't seen him much do anything at all in Season 2. Frankly, early Season 2 Sukasa. Me and Ethan had talked about this on our episode about it. When in the world did he become a damn near super genius just like Senku? Right. You have this <laughs> Superman level pri- number one primate in Japan, huh? and he's also now this shockingly damn near genius level, like he's making predict- Senku
1: somehow. Yeah,
2: like literally. Make yeah, it, he, he he makes these predictions way
1: smart. Like his level of intelligence in season two is fucking bullshit. Right, right, he's
2: like, oh, they must be making a steam engine. What in the fuck would make you think that? Yeah, like, like, where where did you pull that out of? In the next scene, when you're miles away, how the fuck would you know that? Oh, they but have
0: it, carbon tiles, steels. Like, what the fuck? How are would you, you know any about? of this?
2: I bet they have cotton candy too. We'll eat my dicks, Sukasa. <laughs> yeah. There's no way you would understand that. I think they from, have. From,
0: hmm. Let me put my fingers to my head. Uh, uh, two cell phones and professor have, x shit yeah. like literally charles 17 xavier 17
2: forged swords <laughs> but it was near the end that he realized like you realize <laughs> that you know he he under he he's not a dickhead he's doing the dickhead thing because he feels like he has to
0: and that at but least he's making takes- himself and leaving everyone else like clean conscience right because right. he's saying like those people that are able to make those kinds of decisions have are what fucked this world up. So I'm going to make all the decisions, deal with the stuff myself. And then like, of course, like abscond or whatever. Very uh, end, end up game
2: Sasuke, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, very right. end game Sasuke. So, well,
0: I guess Itachi too, right? Oh Take yeah. Take on like all the, the p- pain and yeah. all the suffering. So no one else has to do it. Right.
2: So it's it, it makes it makes holy example, shit is Sukasa Itachi <laughs> is is Sukasa Itachi no fuck <laughs> off no low no key. no I'm a low no low. no quick I gotta go to Cora I gotta go to Cora I gotta I gotta write this question <laughs> down. <laughs> Are you sure? Jesus Christ! But no, th- to th- to that end. No,
1: number one primate high school. is nothing like fucking it. <laughs> we're, uh, we're making us think. We're
2: making us think about it. But maybe oh, though. Hide it. Hide it. <laughs> like, I, I can feel you cringe <laughs> from across the planet, and it's awesome right now.
1: <laughs> oh my god! If we're talking. Just pivoting a bit yes. from from number one primate high schooler. And, yes, that's the only way I'll ever refer to him because that's the chosen name he chose. Fair. So I'm just honouring him. Um, I want to talk about Gen for a bit because I found Gen in the first season a great character. And in the second season, every time he did his dumb pig Latin, I wanted to fucking rip him apart. <laughs> I found him in the second season utterly annoying. His, his voice stuff and his, his way he could mimic the, the voice on the phone was... Was kind of interesting, but him constantly talking with Pig Latin, even in subtitles. And yes, I did watch this Dubbed and Subbed. Go fucking fight me, Dub's fine. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying a word. His Pig Latin was insane. It was the most annoying thing I've ever seen. Okay,
2: Uh, I agree. From a visual audience standpoint, pretty horseshit. not very that engaging. From a logical level, kind of makes sense... Except for the fact that you are, in fact, trying to trick people that once also lived in the future. So they would understand that, that, hey, that's fucking Pig Latin. Like, I get that. So Gen's character, to me, was a brilliant addition to the show, again, in season one, because it does answer the question, well, you're now working with a bunch of primates, essentially, in terms of, like, people who have lived in a Stone Age scenario— what do we know about logic and thinking over the entire entirety of human history that's been built up? Just like science has, just logic and reasoning and coming to conclusions and just kind of the things we know that we can do, right? Shit, I mean, sarcasm. We don't even know if that's a thing in a stone world.
0: Well, so, I mean, it should be super easy for him to like play with these people's mental m- space, right? Because. Right. Like, everyone's down to, like, base emotions and, like, psychology, of course, that's, like, all they go after or have for a lot of years. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I I was never really, like, fully on board with, like, him being, like, a famous mentalist that somehow everyone knows. Like I was a little yeah, bit that's fair. a little bit confused by that. I'm like is he a street magician? Like what do they think a mentalist is? is is Gen David Blaine? I'm I think, it's David, <laughs> I think Blaine it's David fucking Blaine. I think it's David fucking Blaine. Jesus. Yeah. Cheez-Its. But, but I
2: I agree with you in the season season 2, he, That's a, a viral lot, video in case you guys did not know. It's all right. But uh the idea again in season 2, I actually did not necessarily well Actually, that USA plan to trick everyone in Sukasa's camp—that was Senku's overall plan, right? He just used Gen to get it done, yeah. right? I believe so. Okay, then yeah, yeah Gen didn't do shit. <laughs> he, he, everything he—he he was kind of d- contrived, like being able
0: to mimic someone's voice perfectly. Contrived. Well, now you got a female, like best singer in the world, voice. Yeah, it's how like, the fuck all did that right, happen? Yeah. Lillian, whatever her name was. <laughs>
1: Well, if we're talking about contrived, we have to kind of address that Dr. Stone clearly takes place in a universe where high school students are well, well, at least famous in Japan for their miraculous abilities. Like we have number one primary high schooler who apparently everyone knew. We have Gen, the mentalist, who apparently everyone knew. We have the sonar technician who was known for his expert hearing, like... It's crazy to think that all these people were "quote unquote" famous in in the modern day for their abilities, but yet no one was paying any attention to Senku, the potentially smartest person on the planet. Like, <laughs> well, it was it was that level intelligence. It was that like, one
0: um, that news broadcaster chick who knew all these people. Oh, the journalist, right? The journalist yeah. chick. She, I guess she had like fortuitously done stories on all these people, and that's why she knew their like super weird special abilities. And so, like, they tried to cover up that contrivance, I think, but I agree with you. It landed very flat. It's like, how does everybody know this fucking Gen guy? I, I don't know, probably, like, more than five magicians. I'll just be honest with you. And and honestly, like, five is a little high. I think I know, like, three magicians. <laughs> Chris Angel, David like, Blaine. I, I still clearly I remember
1: know. the... I still clearly remember the strongest guy in our high school. Like, obviously, I'll never forget Corey. But, like, oh, the, just the Corey? idea who that everyone knows these. I don't. Oh, yeah. Strongest guy in high school.
0: Hit me. Um, we were not oh. in a fighting school, like, per se. It was probably Andre. He's got to be our age. Like, let's be real. I don't know. He could.
2: Dude, he was squatting, like, 405, like, at my brother's age.
0: I'm aware. I was yeah. on the team as well. Yeah, so I'm just saying I don't I don't view that as like the guy everyone was thinking about. Uh I don't know. I, uh, strong I don't g- I don't even know.
2: It's we don't even know. Yeah, we didn't go to exactly a uh, strongest a, Maybe strongest Jared, g- honestly. maybe
0: He's Jared, pretty shredded. Yeah. yeah. Olympic caliber. Uh, oh,
1: Cory, like Cory wasn't the most shredded dude. He was just the one I was scared the most if he punched me. Ah. <laughs> For that, for that, he he would earn the title in my head of number one primate high schooler of Nambuka High Class two thousand and twelve. <laughs> and I bet
2: he wouldn't ask for it either. <laughs> you
1: <Yeah. laughs> wouldn't ask for it. Call, me the, right call on, get, me the primate. Getting getting back on yeah, getting back onto Doctor Stone. Now we see a little bit of what season three is going to be like with them traveling the world via ship and this whole kind of pirate aesthetic thing that they were clearly <laughs> going for in the last episode. Do you think that? Do you think that that is going to live up to season one or are we going to retread kind of what season two was or is it going for a completely different aesthetic? What are are your hopes for this next season?
0: So I do believe it is trying to come back to season one a little bit. I mean, we talked about on our episode about it though. We feel like a a ship is a little bit of a, like, I don't know, a backtrack to a tank that has a projectile. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> It'll be interesting. I think, you know, unfortunately, journeys across the ocean are really fucking hard and took, like, let's be real, like humanity thousands and thousands of years to really perfect. So that'll be really interesting to see, like, what they really have to do to make a ship that works, that like works well, I I'm guess. calling Submarine. Or, yeah, submarine. I'm calling submarine. That would actually Could be. be pretty
2: bad. Fu- that would be amazing.
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's not an easy task. So I, do, I do hope they don't make it like, oh, yeah, and a day later we had a fully <laughs> metal submarine that somehow has pressure control with sonar. And you know what I mean? Like, it's not as easy as it sounds. So I actually
2: kind of want that because – of one core concept that I think season one did well season two tried and it didn't land well is ingenuity under restriction season one. We are restricted by resource, knowing what we got, knowing the situation and trying to build from nothing. That's a great restriction coming from the ground from nothing. We have something now. We have a whole corporate group of people and a squad behind Senku. He's got manpower. He has a little bit better tech. That's cool. Season two, the, the restriction was time. And that didn't land very well, I think, because the timing kind of came to them a little too quick, or I don't know. in a bloodless siege—they didn't seem to land well as restrictions. Imagine having to be in like enacting ingenuity on a boat, like making sure you have all the resources with you or what you can sure, garnish from sure. the sea. And the other thing too is well, the it's restri- a lot of people yeah. to get across the ocean, right? Right. And that res- those restrictions are huge. And that's gonna—I want to see Senku tested. In mentally, with all the freedom he has under those restrictions, but no time. Like I don't want him to have to hurry up. I want him to be like, okay,
0: here's here's what needs to get done. How do we get there? Yeah, I think that's what I was kind of saying. I don't want it to be like day one. All right, submarine done. Let's get in and go. Fair. You know, I want him to like build out (laughs) a full sit, like full town workshop where they're they got fucking factories. They got like. Farms, they got all this shit like ready for the fucking ocean. Oh, yes,
2: and the other thing too is their insane promise he gave to Sukasa at the end of season two. Right, like I'm gonna die. He's like, now nah, you're not. We're gonna petrify your ass, and then I'm gonna figure out how to unpetrify. True. Like, like because he's gonna make that work. Right? Is he's gonna keep you under cryogenics somehow?
0: And I kind of hope it's like uh, like JoJo's season one. What are the pillars? Like let's let's figure out the mystery of the pillars. Like that kind of like right. mystery aspect. Wait, like, we're gonna figure out the core mystery of the show to save you. Yeah, that's what an
2: insane claim, and I think only Senku can make I that. Get, so is that season two. Yeah, it's the end of season two. Yeah, um, and they are teeing up. I truly think they're teeing up season three, if not to be possibly the best of the three seasons but at least set it up to be put us in our best arc i think and i'm right i'm excited i for mean it.
0: yeah i agree the question is are they gonna run into people that have also depetrified and be right. like antagonists right
2: and maybe pretty they've far really along. lost
0: that they've lost that unless there's gonna be like mutiny on the ship or whatever but let's be real if no. if Sinku's your captain and like him and fucking yeah, cr- no one's m- Chrome are no like making me, you dude. cotton candy. What would? Why would you possibly be mad at this guy?
1: <laughs> right, and like who possibly of that crew would do a mutiny that would actually have any resi- Like the only one I could think of is like Manga, but uh, magma. Yeah, but like with Chrome, what is he? He's just a muscle fucking muscle bound dickhead. Like right. there's no antagonist force on that ship that would be a compelling enough to push a season forward with like to push a season forward yeah. or be uh, competent enough in that show to actually pose any risk to Sanku. Like, you know what right. I mean? There has to be an outsource, an outward force event, like an uh, antagonist force. And if, if that outward source just turns out to be the very elements themselves yes. and the Thank you. trials and tribulations of, you know, cross continent or cross planet travel, you know, cross the globe travel. Like, th- yes, that is interesting. A turning this in, back into more a survivalist going back to the roots of season one, where it's more survivalist and more using modern modern day science to survive in a stone age world. Then yes, that would be compelling. And if, if that's the way they're going with season three, then yeah, maybe it will be as it will live up to the heights of season one. And I, I'm, I'm genuinely just very excited for more Doctor Stone, and I think it's—I think it's something that if—if if it gets another ten seasons, I'm going to be chomping in the bit every time they release another season because it, it's just fantastic. Hell yeah! Season ten,
2: the Industrial Revolution. We're back on Steam, baby. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: worldwide,
2: worldwide Steam. <laughs> no, now, I, I think
0: I think it's going to be because I—I mean, really, without an antagonist, I don't know how like a a studio would feel comfortable continuing this or a mangaka with editors, right? Like, I think that they really do need those um, just from, like, a anime industry perspective. Yeah. So I do think it's going to be, like, whoever false, uh, fossilized the rest of the world is going to be, like, of course, the main antagonist because this wasn't, like, a natural force. They've pretty... Cl- I mean, we don't know that, but I think it's, like, fairly obvious. It's Mother Nature. What I'm interested to see is, like, who did it, right? Is it going to end up being, like, oh, bad America? Is it going to be bad Korea because they hate Korea? Or is it going to (laughs) be bad, you know, China? Like that's gonna be really interesting to me. I'd
1: love to see I'd love to see a throwback to Russia being the villains. I'd love it to be a bad Russian thing. Remember in the nineties where like every movie villain was Russian? I miss that. It still is, let's be real. It still kinda is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um so we we're, we're not we're not as sophisticated here uh at Dorktown as you guys as weebology we don't give we don't give perfect numeral scores for how everything <laughs> is we're pretty loose on the old reviewing rating system so we have a you would remember it's just is something getting it or if it's not getting it now if you guys want to put a numerical val- value on this i'm I'm more than happy f- uh for that to happen but I'm just gonna say this show is getting it. Um, and I'll throw it over to you guys. Oh. What do you this think? This
2: show is getting it ten billion yeah. percent, 10 my billion dude. Percent. This is the only show This percent. is the only
1: show that gives you a
2: number that Senku's always saying ten billion percent sure. This show is ten billion percent getting it, even with a little weakness in season two. They shot it back
0: up, and they're really teeing the ball off for a home run season three. So, I'm getting it. Yeah, for sure, getting it. And like, I think if nothing else, you should watch this show. As, like, a, a way of being, like, damn, we really did come very far. Like, I, 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 I know, like, <laughs> that's maybe a little uh, sentimental Sa- for a lot of yeah. people. But <laughs> it is interesting to think, like, how all the shit around your house right now was actually, like, created. Considering, like, go out to, like, the woods and figure out how to do it yourself. Like, it's just not easy. And it's very, like, endearing to watch a whole society come together and rebuild. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So we
1: probably should move on to the next segment of the show. Uh, This segment of the show is called Do You Remember This... segment where we take a look back on all the various shows that aired on TV when we were young and just ask the question, do you remember? Now, I know for a fact <laughs> that one of you remember this show, but we are talking about a another Australian show called Master Raindrop. A
0: powerful golden dragon,
2: legends was attacked and fell from the sky, splitting into five elements. They disappeared and were feared lost. In their absence, an evil erupted and seized the land. But after 12 years, the elements re-emerged. Raindrop,
0: water. Yan, wood. Jin ho metal. Niwa, earth. Fire.
2: They must join forces in battle against evil if peace and harmony is to be restored. Master Raindrop.
1: Do either of you remember Master Raindrop? So
2: maybe the way I was talking before it was on mic that it sounded like I remember? No, I don't. I did watch a couple episodes of it, though.
0: (laughs) And my goodness. What? Yeah, I'm certain this was not aired in the U.S. I don't think this was aired in the U.S., I'm certain it wasn't. Oh, I thought at least, I thought, I thought yeah, okay. So, neither of you remember this
1: show. So, last time I had you guys on Dorktown, I I presented you with the gift of a beautiful Australian TV show oh. called uh, Little Elvis Jones and the Truck Stoppers. And this time, you know, I thought, I'll get them back in. But you know what? I don't have to be as nice to them this time. <laughs> I, can, I can kick the boot in a bit. I can be a bit mean. So... I scoured through Australian-made TV shows and uh, just stumbled across this little nugget of pure shit (laughs) called Master Raindrop. So, this show... So, just a little bit of backstory. Master Raindrop is a joint animated... So, it's a joint project um, from Australia, New Zealand, and Singapore companies. Oh, excuse me. It first it first screened on uh, an Australia Seven Network in March fifteenth, two thousand and eight. Uh, it made a total of twenty six episodes uh, with twenty four minute duration. So, if you don't know what this series is, uh, the series uh, the series begins with the personification of two of the five elements: raindrop who is the obviously the personification of water, and yeah. Shang Yan uh Xiao Yan, who is the personification of wood, uh training with their master Yu in the ancient art of I can't even pronounce it, Chitta Whatever. Yeah. And so basically this show is a weird kind of rip-off clone of Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah. But everything in this show looks like it was the absolute first draft. Like it is insanely dumb. It's- So you guys have watched a few episodes. Uh, So what did you think
0: about uh, Professor Raindrop, Master Raindrop? (laughs) I am Professor Raindrop. Uh, No, no, I am. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so what I was saying is uh, Ricky and I had talked about this, like, a little bit between ourselves. We're like, I genuinely believe we could come up with this exact product at minimum, like, like... uh, Right, technology-wise, with just like our Adobe products and my our like two computers, like I promise we could make the same show like (laughs) as accurately as they did. I just don't know why they went with that grotesque 3D. Right, it's like uh, I don't know if you got. I would assume you haven't seen it, but this this like worldwide phenomenon, Coco Melon Channel. It's like that little kids show. Uh, YouTube channel. It's horrendous. Um, it's like just like the worst oh, animation. Oh yeah, I think I have time. seen some of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's like very similar, I would say, to this.
2: So this this feels like a knockoff of a knockoff of Shaolin Showdown. Yeah, a show that we used to watch. I don't know if you ever witnessed that one. Actually, a solid show. I think I have yeah. seen a bit of it. Yeah, it's a solid show. Kind of similar concept. You have elemental warriors. You have a. A master, an antagonistic force trying to collect all of these uh, artifacts. It all has the same beats. But this show, like, they're <laughs> it's, it's funny because I almost feel like Truck Stoppers was better – 100% in a hundred percent. In, in like a lot of ways, <laughs> but this one they wanted it to be more. Yeah. They wanted it to be so much more. They had this lore that they didn't explain. They right. had these characters. The one, one of the funniest fucking moments in that entire first episode that I watched was the master saying, "Raindrop, you, you are the element. You're one of the five elements. I am which one? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> You're literally yeah. in the shape. Literally got gonna-
0: to. yeah, yeah." <laughs> You're, You're the a shape. sperm. You're, You're an the shape actual little the name sperm of water drop. Yeah. You're Earth. Fuck you. And like yeah. I don't know. Also, what element is wood? It's, it's, and since fucking when?
2: I can answer that. Uh, Phil, what are you gonna say? Oh, like
1: metal is an element in this, and the metal element is portrayed by a little golden monkey whose weapon of choice is like. Do you remember what those slap? I don't know if you had them in the states. I assume you do. Like elastic slap uh, like slappy hands yeah. where it was just like yeah. a, a gel hand that you. yeah he, that's his that's his weapon it's just like one of those hand things i'm like like <laughs> everything in this show seems like so basic first draft so it is, it's phenomenal Pokemon. that it even made it to the sh- like air right and my god like
2: one one of the other things too about this show is that like
1: all of like
2: the there's like a lot of slapstick a lot of like kung fu-esque choreography (laughs) none of it even in any form live action 2d 3d i don't even know like a manga paneling there's nothing where these where those moves look good yeah like they're just beyond trash beyond
1: trash um and this show this show only existed like so I only ever remember like cuz I watched this show when it first came out in 2008 okay. and the only context for me ever watching this show is if I was homesick from school and I was watching TV in the middle of the day cuz this aired like weekdays at 11:30 so on a, on a channel that wasn't known for pumping out kids' shows like Channel 7 in Australia wasn't known for having you know a wide variety
0: of of <laughs> children's TV That's what like I was gonna it's ask. Not,
1: it's it's no ABC like it was there
0: a yeah this this aired on what was sorry? Was there other like children's shows on this this network? Like I just can't imagine a network that has like some grounding in in what human children like to watch would be like this is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think this like
1: uh, if I'm remembering correctly, on Saturday they did the Saturday Disney show, whereas where like where I would have been first uh, exposed to some of the greatest, you know, kid shows ever made, you know, your Phineas Ferb's, your Hannah Montana's and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yes, I'm calling Hannah Montana one of the greatest shows ever made. Fucking come at me. No, it's your show. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. Yeah. But, yeah, this show, yeah, it only existed on this weird channel that was, you know, not known for kids', kids TV and at a weird time midday, so... I don't know who this was for. I I don't know who this was ever made for. I have a theory. It honestly feels like a HSC like a high school art project that got out of hand really <laughs> honestly, quickly yeah. and somehow yes. just Oh,
2: that's funny and that's some it's it's fucking bizarre. So for me, the way that Ethan said like human children. Now, hear me out. All right, tin foil hats on, boys, because what it's felt like is Aliens wanted to, like, influence the youth of this planet. Right. But they got it so wrong. They're like, what are human kids like? Cartoon fighting and superpowers and, oh, 3D's a thing now. So they decided to pick Australia, Channel 7, not meant for kids. Like, they just missed the mark all the way. Like...
0: And oh I see so you think it's a government uh, scheme of subliminal messaging
2: I think it's an alien scheme of subliminal messaging <laughs> oh, okay. because this is, this is it feels like is su- the
1: subliminal messaging that it this is shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you shouldn't enjoy oh, there it was, because there's no meaning here there's like, no subliminal if, about if that if this was meant to brainwash people yeah. like the only thing this brainwashed me into was turning the TV off and this <laughs> if this was like a initiative to get children to stop watching TV fucking congratulations because it worked <laughs> because uh, like 10 minutes in to this show i would switch channels or turn the tv off because I'm, I'm not watching 24 minutes of this god-awful 3d animation with the most uninspired character design some of the <laughs> worst dialogue i've ever seen committed to screen backdrop with some of the most boring boring like backdrop scenes like oh, they were the bad. backgrounds of all these episodes are literally just like a hand drawing like a first sketch <laughs> of what like a a mystic Chinese forest would look like. Just chuck a few mountains in there and a cloud. Like it's everything about this is so uninspired <laughs> and bad True. that it feels like someone purposely went out to make the worst possible thing they could make with the technology at the time. Succeeded, and if that's the case, that person deserves like a Nobel Prize in shit because <laughs> Nobel they Prize in single-handedly <laughs> made the worst thing possible. Dude, no, I'm switching my conspiracy theories from aliens trying to relate to
2: kids but not getting it to work. To maybe what we said earlier, the government making a fitness initiative to make a show so bad that it makes you not just switch to channel, but turn it off and leave your house and go play outside. (laughs) So, And it got kids fit. That's See, I feel like that actually probably would have worked. If all of our kids' shows in America were shit, we'd be outside. That's
0: a good point. That's a very good point. (laughs) I have never thought of that. (laughs) You know the sh- a it, show that always interests me it, was phenomenally bad. Yeah, that recess show that we had. Oh hell yeah! It's like about playing outside. I'm like, why are people watching, watching- this and not playing outside with a <laughs> fucking dodgeball? Like I'm so lost.
1: <laughs> That's also a good point. I didn't think about that. Oh man it's it lives it lives in my mind rent free constantly. Like because I I just remember this show and I think. I think every now and again, I'll just be like looking at like a water drop and think, oh yeah, master raindrop exists. (laughs) Fuck master raindrop exists. (laughs) Like it's, it's so annoying that this thing is real and not just a fever dream I had when I was like 13 at home from school with diarrhea. Like it, it frustrates (laughs) me that it exists and I wish it didn't. It's, it's, it's the magnum opus of shit. I can't, describe of how bad this it's the is. kung fu
2: master of shit i get it and more <laughs> okay. haunted in, in <laughs> it's haunted one of the in a show that's already grotesque one of the most grotesque scenes was the interrogation of the master who had no name by the way he was just the master he was being interrogated by that general boo or something or Lim Boo or whatever and he, told, yeah, he yeah. told his slug minion to, quote-unquote, do the thing that always gets everybody to talk. <laughs> so the slug, who's like eight foot long and uh, presumably 500 pounds, gets on top of the master and is dangling a loogie the size of a watermelon over his face. What what a vile scene, right? What does that, what teach, you scene, what does that right? teach you children? Yeah, spit on your parents to get them to so talk. You're like,
1: clearly talking about... Gr- the, the the character you were describing as slug, his name is uh, Grub. Um, oh, excuse so me!
2: Oh my God! Like... Yeah.
1: So, uh, h- how did you get that wrong? Clearly, it's Grub. Um, <laughs> I- I'm just so fascinated with with an outside person, like with someone who didn't see this show when they were a kid, as to what what you thought this show was going to be when you heard or when you started watching Master Raindrop. Did you? Did you expect that it was going to be... Did did at any point it cross your mind that this was possibly going to be the worst thing you would ever lay your eyes on?
2: Um, you suggested it, so there was a
1: pretty high chance. <laughs> also, <laughs>
0: yeah. a terrible title. Let's just be honest. Yeah,
2: that already... Did, like, you did... So, I, I knew from last time, because you had suggested kind of this... This uh, little Elvis and the Truck Stoppers and what that was. I mean, little, little, tr- little Elvis and the Truck Stoppers, for what it was, it was... Rather enjoyable, like it was okay. I mean, it was, it, it, passable. Had, it was passable, and it was it was funny for what it was. There is no joke to be made here in Master Raindrop, and, and I, I think,
1: think the, the, mo- the 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 joke is that you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's the that, joke, like the joke is that you put time in your day to sit down and watch this. Hunk of garbage. That's the joke, and like, oh,
2: you got me. Then <laughs> yeah. you, you got me. We have egg I, on uh, yeah, face. I got got, I got got, and you got me. That's uh, and then y- your joke worked because
0: I think it, okay. what I thought it would be would be like, and this is just pure hope. Okay, I thought it would be like Jackie Chan adventures, but like kind of like a bunch of clicks down, but yeah, still like, like that formula, that right? Formula. <laughs> yeah, right. At, at first, I definitely thought it
2: would be okay. Honestly, when I read the description and didn't see the design of the little Raindrop boy called Raindrop, no shit, I would have been like, all right, this is going to be kind of like a Shallon Showdown knockoff. And that formula, it works for kids, and it's it's fun, episodic, uh, enemy of the week situation, gets the kids hyping going. But the second, the very moment I laid my eyes on Raindrop's design, uh, just gone. Like, absolutely. Like, I think I literally said to my roommate... Oh no. Cause I was watching in the main room and he came downstairs and ga- he, I, he came downstairs and gave me a look and I'm like, Oh no. And he's like, what the oh, fuck are you watching? It's the I'm worst like, art I've ever seen, bro. It's
1: master raindrop. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's indescribably bad. I, 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 I remembered it being bad, and then when I started watching it again, I was like, "Oh no, it's worse!" <laughs> like, I'd, it's the first time nostalgia has ever been like you know, when you like look back, you're like, "Yeah, that was the best thing ever." Oh "Yeah, I did enjoy that thing so much." But like, nostalgia is always like, "Oh, it's never as good as you imagined. I never thought that something would be worse than I remembered it. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, it's it's undis- it's indescribably bad. It's, it's funny too, because like
2: I would have thought like we all know nostalgia is a hell of a drug. You would have to OD 10 times over on Nostalgia <laughs> for this to have some point been like, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. I, I don't know. I guess may, maybe Nostalgia really is that powerful, I mean, but I mean like every beat of this show.
0: If you guys were like super fucked up, even then would you enjoy this? Like if I, if I, was, no, if I was hammered? They, they, like, like I don't know what kind of fucked up you'd have to be to enjoy this, but I'm asking you, is there any conceivable world where you could be – I don't know on something and find this enjoyable. There is no drug on the planet that would make that a feeling. <laughs> Trust me, there there is Look, no drug is, on the planet. It is,
1: oh. it is barely two p.m. in the afternoon here. I'm like six ba- six beers deep. I'm pretty. I'm pretty tipsy. I reckon if I drank a billion beers, <laughs> oh, billion? And somehow was still living and somehow was still living even then i would not find i've got a 5 year old and a 2 year old in the next room and i think even then if i was to put this on the tv they would both just say yuck yeah, <laughs> and walk out like there's but it's some, it's but somehow,
2: disgusting somehow it grabbed you it grabbed you at that age though right
1: no, I just remembered it. Oh, okay, okay, wa- okay, okay. I just okay, remembered okay. it. Like, okay. this was. Do, do, do not get me wrong. There is no part of my mind that was ever looking at this in a fond way. I just <laughs> was going through a list of Australian TV shows, saw this, and was like, no. No. Please don't tell me that's a real thing. Please tell me I just dreamt that and it's not real. Please tell me the thing that's been haunting my nightmares for the past 12 years is not Master Raindrop and he is not real because I've believed that he was not real for the last 12 years. And if I. Truly, truly, find out that he is real and exists, and that was a thing that my nightmare would continue for the rest of my life. Ethan and Ricky, (laughs) I hate that this is a thing. (laughs) Wow,
0: that's actually a lot of uh, a lot of uh, rightfully so impact that Master Raindrop has had, and I almost feel like we need to like Hmm. cancel this out by giving you like good American shows you may not have seen to like try to cancel out some of these. There's some
2: brilliant shit. In
0: comparison well, everything's
2: brilliant compared to Master Raindrop. And you know what? Fuck it. Final sin of Master Raindrop, I'm pretty sure they spoiled the ending in the title. Because he's just Raindrop now. (laughs) When does he become Master Raindrop? I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah, because I'm thinking at some point, the the first Master gets killed, and then he's out for revenge. He gathers all the elements, and who's going to lead us? It's you, Master Raindrop. It's you. Oh, my God. Let's get him. And boom, he ends up as Master Raindrop. Don't spoil the ending for me, my tiny five-year-old brain, I'm assuming. I don't know. Who, I don't know what age group this is for. But I
0: think he's gonna end up creating, getting all five elements together, and then he's gonna be like, basically an overlord. And he's oh, gonna right, start yeah. just like smiting everyone in the entire world. He's gonna turn back into the golden dragon. Yeah, all five pieces turn back into the golden dragon. But it looks like Raindrop
1: becomes Master Raindrop.
0: Exactly. Dude. We just wrote this show. And It is better. We just wrote this show, and it's <laughs> this better.
1: is. I just found the most amazing thing on the, the Wikipedia article for this this series where it's under reception. It says, the series has mixed reviews. It has been accused of copying many of the material arts and element-related themes in popular children cartoons like Avatar The Last Airbender and Jowling uh, uh, Showdown. Boom. Wow, what do you and, know? Yeah the th- The very thought, the very thought that this show has mixed reviews, meaning that some people found it good, <laughs> is is proof uh, proof alone that there are true true sociopaths in I the told world. You, government conspiracy. Um, we should. St- yeah. <laughs> We should start wrapping it up there, Weebs. Okay. It has been an absolute fucking pleasure to have you guys on. Dude, anything. I'm so sorry for putting you through the torture that it is Raindrop Master <laughs> or Master Raindrop. It, it truly sucks that I had to had to spread this misfortune amongst my my Weeb community. But you know what? It's all about content, baby. All content. It's all about we gotta content. We got to know about it, you know? Content is king. <laughs> exactly. So guys make sure you're checking out the weebology podcast i will link all the show uh all the links to their show in the bottom of this description please get around them they have some fantastic episodes out uh go listen to their record of ragnarok episode if you want to hear a contrary opinion to what it was on this show sure. um they're fantastic guys uh ethan ricky it's been fucking fantastic to have you guys on the podcast again i truly truly enjoy speaking to you boys and I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, sounds good, brother. Thanks for, thanks wrap, thanks for having us. us on. Yeah. Adio, guys. Keep it dorky, and I will see you next time. You. Good yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're on one today. Uh, <laughs> it is currently midnight.
0: Yeah. That's fair. It is currently our midnight. It is light.